John chapter 10, verse 10, pretty uh, popular uh, passage of Scripture here. Most people uh, know this passage of Scripture. This morning I'm going to be talking to you about food. How many of y'all like food? Oh my gosh. Dude, I love food. I shouldn't even say how much I love food because it's almost like I don't want to love it. And the Bible says you have what you say. So by me always talking about how much I love it, it's just building the food love that I have, this like infatuation with deliciousness. I mean, it's just, oh man, we're, go on, I know, we're we're foodie type people. Uh, My wife and I, we enjoy, uh, you know, I mean, mean, what else? I mean, on Friday night, I'm not going to the club, y'all. I'm not going. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go shake my salt shaker. I'm not doing it. You know, I'm not going to do that. Uh, Saturday night, there's no salt shaking. There's just the only salt shaking is actually going on my ribs. The the only the you know I'm not I'm not I'm not going and and doing that I'm just not maybe I'm old fashioned or maybe I love Jesus a bunch I, you know there's any number of reasons why I could tell you that that I'm not going to do that but but I like good quality food I like the duck quesadillas from Coyote Blues and I like the Neptune Melt at Luna and I like the shrimp and grits at Peugeot Street Cafe and I like the McFarland Burger at, at McFarland's. Can I get a witness this morning? Yes, I like my mama's double dip fried deer steak, the backstrap tenderloin. I'll roll it in the, the flour and the, the, uh, the egg two times. And then after, after she's done frying it up, she takes a bunch of white flour and dumps it in the bacon grease that she cooked it with and makes that lumpy gravy and then pours it all over that Pillsbury and that white rice. Lord Jesus. And then has a banana. She makes, she makes a bread pudding. A banana, and her cream cheese pound cake will just, oh, my, my favorite, my favorite dessert is chocolate mousse. Oh, oh, I, I love, that's my favorite. Anybody ask me, I, I, I like, but you kiss hard to get around here, but we went uh, to Belgium and England, everywhere all over Europe, they sell chocolate mousse. And my favorite I found was in a pizza hut, man, sold the best chocolate mousse I could find. And everywhere I went over there for two weeks, that's all I ordered us. So I was like, I got the chocolate mousse. Oh, there's so many things that I like. And look, I brought some of my favorites this morning morning how many of y'all like bacon oh lord jesus oh my whole house smells like this right here last night man we cooked i said babe i need you to cook me a couple pounds of bacon now listen the best bacon in in lake charles is is the 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 moss bluff i don't know where they're getting these pigs it's like they're like you know Jacob's ladder. There was a ladder that went from heaven down to the earth, and angels were moving back and forth. And I believe that those pigs are traversing Jacob's ladder because oh, it has you know some bacon's got a whole bunch of white, a lot of fat. This bacon is almost all meat. Oh, it is so good. So I had my wife, my whole house smells like that. And y'all know how bacon is. You walk in like, I smell bacon. I smell bacon. Who's got bacon? Oh, yeah, I like bacon. And then crawfish. How many of y'all like crawfish? We're in the season of crawfish. I told my wife, I said, baby, you need to go get me some crawfish so I can bring it to the church tomorrow. Show these people the things that I really like. I enjoy these things. Let me put some of these, tray them up for y'all. Oh, yeah, let me tray them up now. Woo-wee. 
goodness gracious. Now, I only got a few pounds, and my kids ate some last night, so y'all have to apologize. So, so there's, not, there's not many. There's a, there's a few, few crawfish. My kids got into them. Right, like, now, now listen, these, these are just a couple things, and I could have filled up 19 tables full of things that, that I enjoy, that, that I really, really like. But I, I want to, here, you could take that. I want to look at some scriptures this morning that has to do with our love affair with food. See, it's funny because it's Valentine's. So y'all think I'm going to be talking about, about true love. I am. I am, baby. It's true love. You're looking. Listen, the way to a man is through his stomach. Yeah. Oh, this is what we like. So this is true love is what, is what we're going to be looking at this morning. And uh, I'll just be honest with you. The Lord uh, has been... Uh, put this in my heart to, to teach along these lines this year and not do it just once but do it, do it some and uh, I want you to know I'm not slinging any mud at anybody this morning I'm more slinging it at myself uh, because of, of the Lord dealing with me about uh, my own uh, fuel or what I'm putting in into my body and how it will affect the longevity of my life, my ministry, and my influence with my kids and my family. I mean, if you ever go to Exxon, you're filling up and it's got that little thing and they show different pistons or rods within an engine, you know, and it says if you use the cheap gas down the road, then the inside of your engine is going to be all gunkied up and it's going to look like this. But if you use Exxon Tecron, and there'll actually be a little man that'll come up and talk to you and try to get you to put some additives into your engine, some vitamins. And he says, if you use our fuel, you won't get all gumpy, all, all, all a bunch of stuff messed up your engine here. Our fuel is better than the fuel down the road that may be cheaper. But they're trying to sell you on the fact that whatever you put in your engine is going to make a difference. And, uh, and the Lord's been dealing with me the past, oh, I don't know, five years. I mean, how glad he's merciful. I mean, how glad he, he, don't, he, he, he has grace and mercy. You know, there was a, maybe five years ago, I lost about 40 pounds. Uh, because I just, I just really, I enjoy food. Like we, we would, we would do food vacations. I mean, I know what that is. The whole vacation revolves around food, and that's why we did like five cruises, like one right after another, like once, a, one a year, you know. Because for four ninety nine, you get seven nights of nothing but food. For I eat more than four hundred nine. They lose money. I guarantee you they lose money whenever I show up on that boat because for seven days all day every day there's it's like 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 you're a cow in a feedlot and it just never ends and it's wonderful and beautiful and at midnight they make a whole chocolate presentation carvings and things who would have thought it's amazing wonderful we we, we one one year we got on the food network channel 
and we printed out all of the fancy, all the places that like uh, that that their stars would go and eat. And we drove for seven days all up through Kentucky, Memphis, Nashville, Jackson, all up through. Uh, I guess that would be the Delta. And we stopped at all these places and ate all along the way. It was wonderful. But through that whole process, the Lord just kind of started getting on to me. I mean, I know he'll get on to you. He began to show you a few things. He said, you need, you, you, you'll need to uh, watch this. Or he actually, he told me, I, I remember the day he told me, he said, it, this particular thing, he says, if you don't quit this, it's going to kill you. Well, I didn't want to hear that. He says, if you don't deal with this right here, then, then it's going to... It's going to physically, it will kill you. So I lost about 40 pounds and uh, started doing a really good and all that kind of good stuff. And, you know, now maybe I've gained 15 pounds or so back. And this has been probably five years ago. But just the past few months, within the past three months, felt real strong in my heart to teach some of this uh, to uh, the church. I'll tell you, as a pastor, I, I mainly deal with people's spirits. That's mainly where I deal. I deal with the moment your heart stops beating, the Bible says to be absent of the bodies, to be present with the Lord. I deal with the real you. That's the part of you that's either going to go to heaven or it's going to go to hell. The other part of that I deal with is the soul. I deal with your mind, your emotions, your intellect. Uh, I deal with uh, people that have fear, stress, anxiety. Uh, my teaching primarily, I've been pastoring this church here for three years. This is the first time I've taught on really the body. But how many of y'all know you are a three-part being? You are a spirit, you are a soul, you are a body. And God created all three of them. And in the church, we always talk about dealing with the spirit and dealing with uh, the soul part of man. But we talk very little about the body. And yet the number, the reason the Lord told it to me is that the number one killer in the church is, is not AIDS, it's not IV drug users, it's not alcohol. The number one killer in the church is food. 85% of Americans will die this year because of food-related diseases. Isn't that a big number? 85% of people that will die this year are going to die because of uh, the, what they're putting into their body. There's a little handout inside your worship guide that's just got, and I won't be able to go through all this type of stuff. You can read that on your own time. I'm going to be giving you basically the scriptures this morning, what the Lord says about food and about your body. But 85% of, so the number one killer in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is our appetite for food. How many of y'all remember what got Eve in trouble? Boy, she saw that. She, the, Lord said, the Lord said, this is the garden. You can have all this. But he said, this one thing right here, you, you're, not, you're not allowed to have. But that appetite, that strong desire for something. How many of y'all know that desire I'm talking about? How many of y'all talking to you right now? You can't even comprehend what I'm saying because you're already at the restaurant. Welcome back to church. Come on back in. So there is this desire that we have, these appetites that we have. 
And uh, so the Lord just began to kind of deal with me with these, but also uh, gave me instructions to uh, share or talk about some of these things in 2015. Because we're in the middle of a series here called Flourish, right? And, and we spent weeks talking about flourishing in your home, flourishing with your kids, flourishing in your finances, flourishing through fasting, flourishing through following the Holy Spirit. Man, we've been killing this thing on flourish. God wants you to flourish. He wants you to grow in a healthy and vigorous way as the result of a favorable environment that's the definition of favor of flourish and he wants all of that for you and yet the reality is if we have the baddest spirits on the planet I mean, just a big muscly spirit. Your spirit, man, can move mountains. It can talk to fig trees and they dry up. You can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You can cast out devils. You understand this is what Jesus said that, that we're supposed to be doing. He says, go into all the world and preach and teach. I'm giving you power. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. And he's going to make your inner man strong. So if you've got an amazing spirit and even your mind is like a brick house, I mean, any thought that comes in that is higher than the Word of God, the Bible says, you cast down that thing and you bring it into the knowledge of God. So any stress or anxiety or worry or anything that comes into your mind, you're able to take that thought and say, I'm not thinking like that because the Bible says this. I'm going to think like this. So you're strong mentally and you're strong in your spirit, but you're dead. I mean, y'all know that, that your influence on the earth is not going to be there. If God wanted you to live to be 89 or 99, but you're dead at 49, all of that strength in your spirit and in your mind, pretty much up until that point, it's wasted. How I many y'all understand what I'm saying? God wants us, he says, and let's just look, we'll just start here in John 10, 10, what Jesus said. Jesus said, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have what? Life. And what kind of life? He says, life abundantly. So I want you to know that God wants you to have this abundant life. And I want you to know that healing is available. The number one prayer request in the church is for healing. Isn't that interesting? The number one thing people pray for, they say, pray for somebody I know who is sick or pray for me because I'm sick. The number one prayer request is for healing. And the number one killer in the church has to do with food and people being sick. So the Lord just kind of told it to me like the writings on the wall. And yet the church is saying very little about this thing here. It's funny because I, I was reading this study from a Purdue professor and, and he wrote, he says, it seems as if, his name is Kenneth Ferraro, he says, it seems that religious people are more likely to be overweight than non-religious. He says, you would think that being a Christian with its constraints on sexual behavior and attitudes regarding vices like smoking and excessive drinking, that that would set the table for a healthy lifestyle. So what is the culprit? He says, overeating seems to be the one sin that Christians fail to confront. Very interesting. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about this morning? How many of y'all know I'm not getting on anybody? Not, 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 I'm, I'm getting on myself. Like I said, I won't be shaking the salt shaker down at the club, but I will go to the Golden Corral. Yes, sir, I will. Or any one of those other establishments that I mentioned that you can tell I have an affinity for. And it's a good one. 
And it seems like the thing that's killing us the most is ourselves. And we go to church and we get strong spirits and we get strong minds, but maybe we aren't thinking about this body here. And I believe God is sending out warnings even this morning. He says, listen, this is an area of your life that you'll have to shore up if you want to do all the will of God. And I believe everybody in here, like me, I want to do all the will of God. And I want to see my kids grow up and get old and and I really don't want to walk my daughter down the aisle in that sense because I always want her to be mine but it's going to happen so I want to be there to do it so God Jesus he wants us to have an abundant life he wants us to be whole and healthy and healed first Peter 2 24 says by Jesus stripes we are or we were healed Third John verse 1 verse 2 he says beloved I wish above all things that you be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. All of these verses have to do with health. I mean I think God wants you to be healthy. I believe he does and I believe it's it, it's ours to do. So I want to look at some scriptures here and I'll have to talk kind of fast and y'all have to listen kind of fast. But I want to look at I want to start in Exodus Chapter 15, verse number 26. God sent Jesus so that you could flourish in your spirit, flourish in your soul, and flourish in your body. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. Now what's happening here is the Lord's given some instructions to Moses. And we all know the story of Moses. Moses and the people of Israel were enslaved into Egypt. Egyptians basically owned the Israelites, told them what to do, made them work real hard. They were God's people, but they were in bondage to the Egyptians. And God told Moses, he says, Moses, I want you to go speak to Pharaoh and tell him to let God's people go. And of course, Moses, he goes to Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, I'm not letting them go. But after 10 different plagues and and bad things that happened to uh, the Egyptians, finally, Pharaoh says, Moses, take you and all of the Israelites and get out from the Egyptians. And I'm going to give you a promised land. Your own place, your own home. And this is where we're at in Exodus chapter 15. He gives them some instructions. He says, I want you to tell the people that if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God. And if you do what is right in His sight. Everybody say His sight. And give ear to His commandments and keep all of His statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which were brought upon the Egyptians. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now you got to understand that the Israelites were, were surrounded by the Egyptians. And the Egyptians at that time were the most advanced people on the planet. They had developed a papyrus, which was, they had developed writing. They had developed hieroglyphics. They had developed geometry. Whenever the Nile would overflow its banks, when the water would recede, they would go out and use geometry to reset their bounds and their lines. These people were incredibly the most advanced people of their time. And medically, they had devised a whole bunch of potions and elixirs, and they actually wrote the first medical book. And in that medical book, there was all of these remedies remedies but many of them were weird remedies they would take a camel dung and if you had an open wound they would push that into the womb I mean I don't like that 
If you, if you didn't want to have a baby for, con- for contraception, they would take dates and wool and honey and you would smear that onto yourself. You got me. Uh, weird, unusual things they would try. They would take worm blood and squirt it on splinters. There's a whole list of these unusual things that they would do in an effort to get well. They're trying to get well from their different diseases and ailments. That's what they're endeavoring to do. And many of them didn't work and had a whole bunch of side effects. How many of y'all know where I'm going with this? How many of y'all watch TV? Try this. It'll make you feel like you're in a meadow surrounded by butterflies. But if you want to drop off a building... Stop taking weird side effects, right? But they're practice. So you could say the Egyptians are practicing medicine, trying to figure out what will work to make people better. I mean, I know we do the same thing today. You got a bunch of people that are practicing medicine and thank God for all of them. I use them. I go to the doctor. I have surgeries. I do all that kind of stuff. I believe God uses all that. But it's much the same way. And God tells the Israelites, he says, I'm going to show you how to not do a bunch of practicing. I'm going to show you if you'll follow my ways, my plans, my thoughts, my statutes, the things that are coming on them won't come on you. But you have to do your part. So the very next book after Exodus is Leviticus. And we never teach out of Leviticus because Leviticus is a bunch of laws. It's a bunch of rules. It's a bunch of regulations. And we don't like those. Let's be honest. We like the New Testament where with Jesus, we don't have to worry about any of that. We just do whatever we want because we're under grace. And no doubt we're under grace, but God knew how to keep two million people healthy in a time with no medicine, no medical doctors. He kept two million people healthy because they did it his way and not their own way. And whenever they hearkened unto him and they did exactly what he said to do, then the Bible says that sickness didn't come on them. How can it be that way? Well, we'll look. Because in Leviticus, he starts laying out a bunch of stuff. And he tells them exactly. He says, don't eat this, eat that. How many of y'all seen that book before? <laughs> don't eat this, eat that. Well, Jesus, God wrote the first volume of that. And we're going to see it in Leviticus. And if you put Leviticus up there, I'm going to read some of this. And I've got to go fast. We're going to do red light, green light. And the stuff is in green is what you can eat. The stuff that's in red is what you can't eat. So God tells him in Leviticus chapter 11. How many of y'all still with me? Listen, I'm not a dietitian. Don't have a PhD in any of this stuff. And I'm not telling you here what to eat and what not to eat. I'm telling you to be mindful of the Holy Spirit. And he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. And if you'll listen, if you'll hearken unto him, he'll add 10, 15, or 20 years to your life. And if you don't, then you short-circuit it. And I've been to a lot of funerals where they say, well, the Lord just needed another angel. He, if he wanted one, he would have made one. He didn't want another angel. He wanted that individual to do all the will of God. That's what he wanted. That's what he died for. That's what he wanted. Or they'll say, well, I guess the, I guess the devil got him. Maybe the devil didn't get him. 
maybe he got himself. Maybe on the inside, the Holy Spirit was trying to check him and say, you need to check this and you better fix this. And if you don't fix it, then I'm, I'm reaching out to you because I want you to be better. But how I many of y'all sometimes we don't, we don't listen? We just don't. I got kids and I'm trying to reach out to my kids. I'm like, come on, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not trying to tell you what to do just so I can tell you what to do. I'm, I see a better path for you. And if you'll listen to me, I'll show you how to go around some things, how to avoid some things. If you don't, that bus is going to run over you. Right? You need to listen to me whenever I say stop, whenever I, whenever I say go. So anyway, so the Lord told, spoke to Moses, verse number one. He says, say to them, speak to the children of Israel, saying, remember, hold on. In Exodus, he said, you, this is what I'm, he said, I'm going to tell you what to do. Now in Leviticus, he's telling them what to do. He says, these are the animals which you can eat that are on the earth. Among the animals, whichever animals divide the hooth, having clothing hooves and chew the cud. Chew the cud just means they eat grass. Animals that eat grass and they have clothing foods, hooves, he says, you can eat those. Verse 4, he says, but there are some animals that eat grass, but you can't eat them. What's the first red one? Camel. He says, don't eat the camel. He says, it chews the cud, but it does not have cloven hooves. Go to the next slide up there. He says, don't eat the rock hyrax. It chews the cud, but it does not have cloven hooves. It's unclean to you. The hare. This is going to mess with you some occasions. The bunny rabbit. I mean, I like your smoke bunny. He says, don't eat that smoke bunny because it chews the cud, but it does not have cloven hooves. It's unclean unto you. And the swine, which is the pig. I wish he'd have left that one out. The pig, he says, it does have a divided hoof, but it has cloven hooves, yet it does not chew the cud. Or in other words, uh, pigs don't eat grass. Y'all know what pigs eat, right? I mean, I think God's pretty smart. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he says, don't eat that. It's unclean to you. It, their flesh, don't eat it. Their carcasses, don't even touch them. They're unclean to you. Verse number nine, he says, now he's going to tell you what you can eat out of the water. He says, if it has fins and if it has scales, then you can eat it. So in other words, a catfish, what does it eat? Basically garbage. It doesn't have any scales on it. Uh, a shark, what's it eat? It's a scavenger. It doesn't have any scales on it. He says, the fish that you're allowed to eat, the only thing you're allowed to eat out of the ocean and the rivers is things with scales. What about crawfish? Well, unfortunately, I mean, I know what crawfish eat. I mean, I know what shrimp, crabs. Does that mean I'm not, I'm not going to ever eat them again? No, I'm going to eat them unless the Lord tells me specifically don't eat that. But I'm also mindful of the fact that there's certain things that God said don't do. And I want to be in tune with my heart and my spirit. And, and I'll use moderation, right, and not go over the deep end with some of these things. And I'll get into 1 Corinthians and, and prove that out in Scripture to you. He says, if it has water, if it has fins and scales, whether it lives in the sea or the rivers, you can eat it. But in all the sea and all the rivers, if it does not have fins and scales, all that moves in the water or any living thing which is in the water, they are an abomination to you. Interesting. These you shall eat regarding the birds. Now he's going to tell you what kind of birds you can eat. He says you can eat fowl, you can eat stuff like that, but he tells you the ones you can't eat. He says you can't eat the eagle, the vulture, the buzzard, the kite, the falcon, every kind after that, the ostrich, the owl, the gull, the hawk, all these other different owls, the jackdaw, the vulture, the stork, the heron, the hoopty, maybe, and the bat. He says you can't eat any of those. Why? What do those types of animals eat? Roadkill for lack of better terms. Now he gets into the insects. I don't think we'll have any problem with this. 
He says the insects that creep on all fours, he says you can't eat those, but he says the ones that have hinged legs or they hop, he says you can't eat those. And he tells you, he says you can eat the locust, all different types of locusts. Everybody say, woo-hoo. Uh, he says you can eat the cricket, you can eat the grasshopper, but all other flying insects like roaches, thank you, Jesus, you, don't, you, you can't eat those. Woo-hoo. Then the next verse, 27, he says, anything with paws. Why? What do things with paws eat? Gonna, I could say it. I'm not going to say it. Uh, so any cats or dogs or coyotes or cougars or all that kind of stuff. He says, no, you can't have any of that. Why? Because what does it eat? Well, it eats dead stuff, right? So, so God knows. He says, I'm, prim- I'm setting you up to eat certain things and to not eat certain things. And then from there, he goes into really interesting. He goes into hygiene. He says, you need to bathe with water. You need to wash your clothes. After you use the restroom, you need to wash your hands. How many of y'all know I found a bunch of studies this week that said a whole bunch of people don't do it? He says, uh, he's, he tells them to do with what their solid waste. He says, you need to bury it, burn it. You need to deal with it like this. Well, the Egyptians did something totally different than that. He gives them all of these hygiene laws. And, and if you look at it, you think, God, why are you doing that? What is just a bunch of junk? Why that doesn't make sense to me? Why you're nitpicking on so many of these things? And sometimes that's the way we look at it. We look at this and you say, well, why can't I do this and why can't I do that? But again, God, he's trying to help us. Let me all know if we listen to him, he will help us. Now, Genesis chapter 1 verse 29, this is what God told Adam. He says, I've given you every herb and every yield, every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, every tree whose fruit yields seed, this shall be your food. God told Adam what to eat. Adam, they ate of the fruit that they weren't supposed to eat of. Then after that, the earth is flooded. Noah gets off the boat. And this is where God tells Noah, you can eat some meat. God told Noah in Genesis chapter 9, verse 3, he says, every moving thing that lives can be food for you. I've given all things, even as the green herbs. The point is, God told Adam what to eat. God told Noah what to eat. And God told the Israelites what to eat. And God will tell you what to eat. God knows you better than you know you. He knows your heredity. He knows what's coming up, your genetics. God knows every single thing about you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And if he'll tell a bunch of people in the Old Testament what they need to stay away from, he'll do the same for you. Why? Because he wants you to be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. Jesus wants you to have a life and a life that's more abundantly. Jesus took stripes on his back so that you could have health and healing in your body. God wants us to live long and prosper. Yes, he does. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, and I'll have to wrap it up says, do you not know that your body is the temple? Your body is the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. He lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. You were purchased with, pre- with a preciousness and paid for. You were made his own. So then honor God and bring glory to him in your what? Not just your spirit or your soul. He says there's something with your body. Chapter 6 verse 12. He says everything is permissible. Everything is allowable and lawful for you. 
In other words, in other words, I'm not telling you all these things that you can't eat crawfish or you can't eat that. No, under the new covenant, he says right here, he says, it's lawful for you to eat these things. He says, but for me, not all things are what? Helpful. He says, just because it's lawful doesn't mean that it's helpful. He says, not everything is good for me to do. Not everything is expedient or profitable when considered with other things. He, he says it again. He says, everything is lawful for me, but I will not become the slave to anything or be brought under its power. I mean, I know it's easy to be brought under the power of some of these things. It's easy to become a slave unto some of these things, speaking to myself. He says, food is intended for the stomach and the stomach for food. But God will finally end the function of both and end bring both to nothing. The body is not intended for sexual immorality, but it's intended for the Lord. And the Lord is intended for the body to save, to sanctify, to raise it again. It's very interesting here. Paul writing to the church at Corinth, and he says in this one passage of Scripture, he says, your same appetite for food. He links it, and he says, your, your body is not made just for you to sexually do whatever you want. But he says, your stomach at all is also not made for you to just do whatever you want. Because he says it's lawful for you to do to to you to eat. None of this stuff is necessarily unclean under the New Testament. But he says that doesn't necessarily mean that it's right or it's good for you. The last thing in your worship guide it says good health is a lot more than the absence of disease. I mean, we've kind of settled into thinking, I ain't sick. Well, good health is waking up in the morning ready to attack the day. Good health is having the energy to keep up with your kids. Good health is having something left in the tank after you've put in a day of work. Good health is thriving or flourishing and not merely surviving. Listen, what's all this about this morning? Obviously, I know that this is not your normal Sunday morning fair. Right? I know usually Sunday mornings like teach on love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. But this morning, it's called self-control. And believe it or not, this is one of the nine fruit of the Spirit. And we had a great 21 days of prayer and fasting where, man, a lot of self-control was really exercised in the area of no meats and no sweets. But I felt like the Lord wants us to not uh, to, to, to carry this throughout the year. Why? Well, because God wants you to run your race. He wants you to finish your course. He wants you uh, to be mindful of your, your body, not just your spirit or your mind but also what's going on in your body. And again, I'll say this. I'm not telling everybody what you can or what you can't do. I'm just asking you to say, uh, realize God gave you this and He wants it to last you a long time. God told David He shortened the lifespan of man. But He said, I've shortened the lifespan of man down to 70, 80, 90, up to 120 years or until you're satisfied. That's what the Bible says. I don't know about you, but if I make it to 120, I'll be more than satisfied. Be like, please take me home. God told him in Leviticus, he says, in Exodus, he says, if you'll do this, if you'll listen to me, I'll keep you diseased and healthy. He gave him a whole list of stuff to do. But then what's interesting is if you look at Moses' life, 
The Bible said that Moses, whenever he died, his eyes did not grow dim. Or in other words, he didn't die of sickness. The Bible says that Caleb died at 110 years, months after he came off of the battlefield. Can you imagine being a 110-year-old, sword-swinging old man? Don't you want to be that guy? 110 years old, he is not at the old folks' home. That man's on the battlefield. People are coming against the nation of Israel. And Caleb's like, where's my sword? Can you imagine out on the battlefield at 110? Aaron was the same way. At 80 years old, he's in battle out there fighting, killing giants. At 80, at 110, Moses, his eyes didn't grow dim. He had health. Long. How many of y'all know that this is becoming a thing of the past, but I don't believe it's the will of God. I believe God wants you to flourish in 2015. He wants you to flourish in your mind. He wants you to flourish in your spirit. He wants you to flourish in your home. He wants you to flourish in your finances. He wants to flourish in every facet of your life, but He don't want you to neglect your body. He wants you to be mindful of, listen, I better check myself before I wreck myself and then blame God for doing it foolishness can't blame him he says you do, you hearken diligently do what I'm telling you to do he says I'll keep you healthy let's pray together this morning thank you Lord Jesus uh, that, that my assignment as a pastor you said that I'm to warn every man and I'm to teach every man that I may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus by definition perfection is not just good in one area but it's good in all areas. God, we want to present ourselves perfect in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body. And we know that we're a billboard, that everywhere we go, that we're a billboard for Jesus and for Christianity. And you want us to have life and life abundantly. You want us to have a vibrant life that's attractive to other people. You want us to be in health and prosper even as our soul prospers. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our homes, into our kitchens, into the restaurants that we dine at. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, and we're listening for you. If there's things that we need to steer clear of and move away from, that God, that we want to live long and do the will of God while we're here. Thank you, Lord, for your instructions this morning.